We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Podcast. I'm Alex Hurst, joined by Ben Wade and Simon Campbell. Um, Hello. That's Ben. Sorry. Hello. Out, out for you can still tell from that that everyone's buzzing um, after Newcastle United made it three wins in a row in the Premier League for the first time in almost three years, but it didn't really count last time because we were still shit and nearly got relegated under John Carver. But we're not now. We're absolutely class, aren't we, Um Yeah. I mean, the reason we sound a bit... But underwhelmed is, is I'm absolutely exhausted <laughs> winning games at, at home and celebrating goals like I got used to not doing it <laughs> I, feel, I feel absolutely wrecked in the I'm Premier League because yeah, last, yeah, last year we did <laughs> all over but now scoring a Premier League goal is something else isn't it we're all going nuts and obviously we've got block fee now but yeah I'm absolutely drained today but yes you're right we're absolutely class we're completely smashed another another supposedly decent Premier League team I wish Bolland was here but he's gone here well um, <laughs> uh to ask him, Ben, if he would uh, like to reassess his prediction that we'll definitely struggle this season. And I think, I don't mean internally, that still might be the case, but Ben, do you, do you think we should be looking up rather than down? Well, up would be class because there's only like the league a couple, uh, <laughs> above yeah. where. But um, do, do you think this is uh, maybe taking advantage of easy fixtures or is there no such thing in the Premier League? Well, there's definitely easy fixtures because we've had just had a couple. Um <laughs> So it is easy fixtures, so we're not that good. Oh no, we're still class. It's just half. It's just half the league, right? Um, West Ham were absolutely rubbish, but yeah, I mean Stoke. I mean Stoke. The Stoke one was a better performance because you've seen already they've had a pretty decent start, beating Arsenal, drew Man U, and we've had their absolute pants down yesterday for ninety minutes. That that's one of the positive things about this for me. I thought Stoke were all right. I didn't think they were good. But I thought we were miles better it than didn't, them. It didn't really offer anything to them. I mean, they've had. But you can you can tell you can tell they can defend. Yeah. And I know we had some great chances, and I know women was like hilariously bad for most of the game. Yeah. But that they were, they were, I just felt they were far more competent and on it than West Ham. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it was really really nice side that we managed to beat them. And do you think? Do you think the scoreline flattered Stoke? Definitely. I mean, you're absolutely right. Coming away from West Ham, although we did win three 0 and convincingly, you just kind of thought. Were we the better of just two bad teams there? And this was the opposite of that. This was like, actually, we're better than a team who, who could easily have, have taken points here and who were, have looked good and got some good players. Um, I thought we we made, we made it difficult for ourselves. We should have put the game to bed. It should have been two or three at half-time. Could have scored just Ooh, after sorry, half-time. Sorry, sorry. Uh, Sky Sports of, of... Christ. What the fuck was I, that? I, I don't know. Is that the two Ferraris out? I hope that's Vettel. Just put the time on, please. 
<laughs> so we'll be right back in a second. Pause it. This is one where he was expected to like lose time on Vettel. Right. Vettel's already crashed out. That was just we thought Sky had for some reason put the F one on instead of the Arsenal Chelsea game. So we'll panicking, but they were just uh, they were just showing highlights. <laughs> anyway, back to the match, Ben. Um, fantastic day. Started off um, standards, looking at the NUFC weather update. Only a ten percent chance of rain. I was like, right, no need for a jacket. <laughs> we ended up getting soaked more more ways than one because some bloke in the trench threw a pint at his mate, and it it fell over. I mean, ter- terrible crack anyway. Like it's just just the worst thing. But me and you ended up getting most of that pint across us. So well, more you than me. I had more, a little more, splash on me. More me than you. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't pleased. But um, yeah, the team. That was what I want to get into. Do you think that's uh, do you think that's the strongest team? And obviously, changing the fullbacks and bringing back uh, Chris Yanatsu was was um, validated. Do you feel? Um, I can see why he did it, but I, I don't know. I've, I've, I've started. Uh, Mankio's performances so far been really really. It was good. harsh on Mankio, wasn't it? Like yeah. it was. I can harsh see why. On... I can see why he's put he's put Yedlin in because of Yedlin's pace. Yeah, he again. Particularly with the formation, the formation they played as yeah. well with wing backs. With Eric Peters, who's but, not fast. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, well said. Um, <laughs> now it was one of those where I think it, it was one where you were probably expecting to get done, so you needed that recovery pace to get back in, um, and he did it. It, it. A couple of times you could see he um, had that opportunity. I think as well the fact that the, the formation, as you said, they played was going to give the full backs a bit of an opportunity to get forward and. Yedlin's pace is um, really dangerous at times. I didn't. He didn't really get many opportunities to show it, but I, I can understand the sort of the thinking behind it. Um, in terms of the midfield, I mean, I think he was right to to leave Shelby on the bench again. I think Marino and Hayden and Hayden have, have started really well. We're winning, and they've, they've put in some good performances. You've got that opportunity to bring Shelby on if you need to change it as well. Um, so I fully back that decision. And then just in in terms of. Um, I mean the other the other changes. So obviously had to coming back in on the left. Um, he'd been my best player so far. I think this season probably definitely the most consistent. Um, and then obviously the the left back position. I think and Bembe again. It was a reaction to what what they were going to have. We needed pace at the back yesterday, and it worked. It, it probably wasn't even as much pace. It was the fact that they played Duf, who's a striker, at right wing back, and just tried to hit him long yeah. constantly, like. As I said, I I don't think Stoke are a bad team. I think that I don't think there'll be any relegation danger. No, no, definitely. But there was a Stoke fan got in touch because of the special, which you should all subscribe to. It's a NUFC match day newsletter. Gets sent automatically to your email inbox every week. Just kind of musings on the game ahead uh, that day from myself and Sai, amongst others. I'll put the link in the description of this podcast. So please subscribe and read, etc. But anyway, we'll get some fantastic artwork done for it. And um, the lad who does it, Peter. Um, had like anti-football slogan on it for Stoke just a joke nothing more than nothing but some Stoke fan after the game was like that's not fair it's like alright mate right it's it's just a joke don't get upset but also like your whole tactics today were hitting diagonal balls yeah. to a striker who you've got playing right back to head the ball not particularly to anyone in the middle of the pitch so that's why I thought Mbemba was brought back in the, the Stoke City uh, fanzine guy who we had on the preview pod also said like I can't believe that Stoke v West West Brom was a was a televised <laughs> game. Admitting like it's just, 
they, they still are like a non a non footballing playing side. This, this, that's the thing. I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with that, and if it's yeah. effective, if you do it, you will play to your strengths. Yeah, of course. So uh, they shouldn't get so defensive about it. If you're good at it, fucking do it. You've got a six foot yeah. seven striker like we, there. We essentially you're not going to try and get the ball we, in behind every time. We we essentially play without the ball. <laughs> yeah. We don't want the that, ball, yeah. but when we have it, we're fucking class. Right. Unlike Stuck. Um, so that that was good. I mean, we may as well talk about Atsu then. I saw um, NUFC three sixty earlier. A uh, good account of follow on Twitter ask the question: Is this the player Chelsea thought they were signing, lads? Because obviously they must have seen something in him. Chelsea. They've they've had him for years, haven't they? He's come through their youth. You you get the feeling. I don't he's... think he came through the youth. You know, I think he was just signed. No, just, well, he's, just... in, he's been he's been there Chelsea, for a few Chelsea years though. About twenty eight. I but he wasn't like he wasn't eighteen when they signed him. He was he was he was like he was at 20. Porto, wasn't he? They got him from Porto. Well, I think they buy about twenty young players a season. They obviously just all right then. So we'll we'll agree to disagree on the Chelsea one. <laughs> but um, Sai, I've got a question here from um, at Ben GN eighty seven. Would any other manager than Rafa been able to coach Atsu into what he is now? It's a it's a fair question because I think I was one of his biggest critics last season in the championship. I thought he struggled. I thought the reason he wasn't getting many games was fair one. I thought he, he had. Sorry, a- let's let's not beat about the bush. You're on Gufan. Yeah. Kept him out the team for a yeah, whole yeah, season, like, but yeah. we we thought rightly so. Um, I thought right. Atsu's end product was was poor last season. He was he was quite good. He he showed signs of skill and flair, but I think we thought, well, you know, and even when we signed him at the start of the summer, it's like, well, yeah, but fair enough. But we need more. Now I'm looking at that signing, six million for Atsu, and it's what? the biggest bargain of the season. Yeah, like, definitely. it's outrageous. He's been my best player. <laughs> He's absolutely. I mean, you said before about is this our strongest eleven? He is part of our strongest eleven. The only reason he didn't play at Swansea is because he'd had two, yeah. two games two international games the week before um, it's he's a revelation and that's got to be down to Rafa because this time last year he wasn't that good so yeah. so he's, he's obviously been had some benefit from the coach and he's obviously improved a, a great deal as a player I think it's one of them he's, he's relished the, you can see he's relishing the, the challenge where obviously Rafa's told him <laughs> you're going to start like you've got to try like sort of use your attributes yeah. you've got really good pace really good dribbler we didn't see enough of that last year and I think one of the biggest problems we had with him last season was his, his wastefulness and his inconsistency in, in the final third with yeah. his end product. You can see now he's, he's looking really dangerous, he's, his decision making is better in terms of the, the type of balls he's trying to play and he's, he's, he's causing real problems all over the shop. His, his runnings, I mean you said it before Dodsey, just when we're watching the highlights, his, his runs in behind are really intelligent, they're challenging the, the fullbacks at every, every opportunity and it's the made a keeper like Butland yesterday came out several times. Once he sliced out a play, once he kicked it straight to one of our lads. Another time, uh, Kurzuma kicked it straight out of play, and we might we might have even that might have been where I think it was. You know, I think Atsu closes them down. They kick it out of play, misunderstanding, and then from the court, Hayden wins the corner from which we score. Yeah. So if if uh, if we want to give Atsu that assist of an assist of an assist, I'm I'm more than happy to <laughs> to go with his goal, but. Just, just quickly on the goal, then, lads. Um, I'd, there was a couple of little things which really impressed me, which didn't when obviously we're watching it live. First of all, Perez again, just like against West Ham, he nicks the ball, turnover of play in midfield, and one you used notice before when when we turned over the play like we did, we had five players out of the ball or four players out of the ball with Perez on the ball, so that was like a huge advantage, and he deserves a lot of credit for that. Um, I don't know. I'm watching Arsenal here. How do you get done on the counter attack at Chelsea away? <laughs> like how? It's two minutes in, not conceded yet, but um, they keep getting turned around. But anyway, <laughs> the, um, so that was that was really impressive from Perez. Someone we criticised quite a lot in the podcast. I thought he was excellent today, but mourn him later. 
But then when we win the ball back, Hosselu makes a run in behind the defence and Marino's got the ball and the really easy thing for Marino to do would have been to play that ball. Yeah. And he, he probably, A, would have been offside. B, Butland would have collected it, but it would have looked nice. He would have got a big round of applause. But you know what? The carry it and the thing. No, you know what? We're a really good team here. We're dangerous in yeah. attacking parts of the pitch. I think about the relegation team last time. That ball would have been played and would have felt hard done by. But he he, he sees if there's anything on. He travels about 15 yards, passes to Hayden. Hayden, even the Hayden of last year might have had a shot. You know, he, he yeah. loves a shot and he waits. Matt Ritchie comes into play and then... Then, then all of a sudden, like again, like one of you said before, and um, when we're watching the highlights off air, um, we've got four players in the box. Or Ben, I think you said it. We've got three or four yeah. players in the box, and it's 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 just the sign of an attacking team. It was Jurgen Klopp who did an interview with Sky last year and said, "Football's an easy game. If you have the most men in either penalty area mm-hmm. when the game stretched, you'll tend to do all right." And that's what we did. We had as many men in the Stoke box, and you've got Chris Yanatsu coming up against a striker at the back post. <laughs> it's all well and good hitting 60 yards diagonal to him as, he get, as he's getting uh, headers against Chancel, but he can't defend, and it's an absolutely yeah. fantastic finish. Would you agree? Definitely. I mean, I think just the hit, one of the things, you've, I completely agree with everything you said there. One of the biggest things I think we've, you can tell we've learned, and you, it's it's a blueprint of Rafa's. You can see it's Rafa's blueprint on the team. is The football and IQ has gone through the roof. You've got Marino, who's a really clever player. He knows when when to try things. He's he's come. He's sort of they're, they're very um, composed on the ball. I think you as you've just said there dissecting that that first goal. We don't panic. We don't rush. Like you can see, the team's maturing and they've they've got the confidence in themselves to say, "Hang on a minute." Like we're in a really good position here. Just to take the time and pick the right pass, and we we did it numerous times yesterday. And it's mature. It's mature, exactly, yeah. and it's you can see this team they're growing. They've they've got players like. Marino's absolutely brilliant. Just he, he sees everything, um, sort of before it happens, and and he's he's the, he's obviously got the skill to pull off some of the passes. And I just yeah. think it's he's been such a key player to it. You, you can talk about all the players we maybe missed out on, but getting him like has made up for all of the others. He's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, what you said for the goal there, Dogger. I noticed loads of times from Marino, not just for the goal. It's that in years gone by with Jack Colback, when he picks up the ball, you would want to look up and find a somewhere to ping the ball to. Marino does that. He looks up. He's like, right. Is there a ball in the corner there? No. Is there a ball in the corner there? No. Right. Okay. I'll I'll play myself in a bit of space here and find a, a simpler pass and keep the ball. Which it just, the, the, as you said, Ben, it's the intelligence. It's they're not just like giving away possession cheaply. Mm-hmm. If if Marino's got the ball, he's going to find the best, the most suitable pass. And if he needs a few more touches to find that pass, he does it. Like yeah. we've not had him in field doing that for a long time. I think um, one of the sad things about, or one of the what ifs, we'll see, and I'll probably. Regret saying this if he comes and scores against her um, in a uh, next month because if Willy you look, was, <laughs> not really Caballero Ben, <coughs> but there was a graphic yesterday by uh, Football Three Six Five I think which said bad news for Palace the next four games against the current top four <laughs> and you're thinking our oh, Chelsea Arsenal it's fucking us because <laughs> we're fourth but Andros Townsend if you look at the improvement in Matt Ritchie. If, and I think he has massively improved since the play we bought from Bournemouth. Yeah. If you look at the improvement of a lot of players, but particularly Christian Atsu, can you imagine how good Andros Townsend would be know, yeah. if he played for Newcastle? And, uh, I mean, he already massively improved last time when, from when he came, what was under McLaren. The only time he's ever got in the England squad is under the tutelage of Rafa Benitez. And I just think it was such a bad career move by Townsend. Um, such a bad career move, but fuck him. His choice. Come back. <laughs> in January... Um, that yeah, that that was a massive shame. Sai, the start of the game, I think me and you had a chat about this on the way out of the ground. It was a weird one because the first the first fifteen minutes we didn't really have a kick. 
we let Stoke's three centre-halves have the ball. We And I, I was thinking, where's the pressing gone from against West Ham? Yeah. Where's the intensity? But once again, do you think it was just a case of we're waiting for the mistake? I mean, it, like I suppose my question to you, is it a deliberate tactic or did we just start slowly? Because we did start a lot of games slowly in the Championship. Yeah, it's starting to look like a deliberate tactic. I think me, me and you talk about this all the time, Ben. The first 10 minutes was to let them have it, yeah. absorb a bit of pressure, let them tie themselves out a bit. We'd seem to do that every game. It's every time you waiting get, to see what they've got. Yeah, every time you, you go to watch match of the day or the, the highlights on Sky, the first fifty minutes doesn't happen. Yeah, because nothing actually happens. We don't have any of the ball. We we'll just let them mess around with it. Let them kind of see what we've what they're up against in terms of our defence. Mm-hmm. And then when they start trying other things and making mistakes, that's when we seem to just flip flip the the pressure the other way. So it's always after about 15, 20 minutes we suddenly start hitting them back and start you know right user retired now. Here we go. It's definitely definitely. Uh, a tactical yeah. tactical thing just to build on that I think what it is is it's inviting them to come on to us to yeah. give us the, the opportunity to counter then so if you give a team obviously it's, it's probably the type of thing Leicester <laughs> do really well obviously the, the blueprint of there or did or fourth, did. fourth uh, bottom yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but the whole point was if you let the team the other opposition have all the ball they've got to try and score so they've got to come on to you and what that does is it allows your wingers to then get in behind them when you've got someone like Atu who's rapid and as, as we've already said, making these intelligent runs. He's obviously been told, we're going to have lots of space in behind. Get, like, be bending these runs in behind your fullback and, and make them sort of have to run back towards their own goal. Yeah. It's, it's just a brilliant tactic. And as you say, it's, it's obviously a plan because we're doing it every game. I think, I'd like to think, I'd like to agree with you, but I'd also like to think it's um, a little bit psychological. So speaking to the Stoke fan, um, as we did in the preview podcast, both, both well, the fan and the journalist, made the correct points that drawing against Man United when you have 30% of possession and beating Arsenal when you have 26% of possession is great. Not I'm not going to... I would love to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to be able to replicate what Stoke did there. Um, but the the key games to Stoke se- season would be how they reacted and how they managed in this kind of game. Now, it was an interesting one because we, we've we had so little of the ball this season. I think, I think Hudders, Huddersfield was, a, was the closest game. I think it was mm. close in terms of possession. Yeah. But it's almost like that first 10 minutes, it was like maybe Stoke didn't know whether they were going to get pressed. Maybe Stoke, or Benitez thought Stoke wanted to let us have the ball and play us in the counter-attack. And it's almost saying, there you go, lads, you'll have the ball today. Yeah. And then then we'll just sort ourselves out, you'll have it. <laughs> and um, then we'll beat them fairly comfortably. <laughs> uh, so that, that might be it from me. Um, back to the game, though, um, Ben. First half, from the, the goal, it was all Newcastle. Um, we played some fantastic football, some lovely stuff. Um, was it was two chances for Hossolu. Mm-hmm. Uh The first one where really, he really? was in the first half. Oh, yeah. um, the first one when he's when he kind of makes that run from a brilliant ball by Mbemba. Do you think he has to score there? Do you think he should maybe take a touch, or do you think we should just appreciate that we managed to create such a good chance out of so little? I was going to say in his defence, like he's completely made that goal all himself. So I think it'd be a bit harsh to. I wish it was a goal, but yeah, chance. Yeah, sorry, the chance. I it it was one of those where it was just brilliant movement, and I think you you see that in all the other chances he created in that game as well. He's making it with his movement, and it's refreshing to see a striker actually making intelligent runs and. And they're not just like running offside, or he's timing his runs properly. And you, with one of the other chances he got, you saw he he was patient with his run. Um, he took took his time, sort of making sure he was onside, be, be, sort of allowing the, the time for the ball to go through. Um, I think it's one of those. It's it's a split second decision. He, he obviously does take a touch for one of the chances later, 
Well, well I was, I was gonna, I was gonna, should have, should have hit it earlier, but I was gonna move on to Sai, but he just left the room. <laughs> so just me and you now. Briefly, yeah, that set that second chance, which is probably the best chance because he's what ten yards, maybe less, mm-hmm. and with the ball at his feet, with just Jack Butland to beat. Um, I was really impressed by impressed by his first touch there. Actually, um, you know that that shot by Edlin. It's not just a good first touch because he he, he controls it. He puts mm-hmm. it out. That's what impresses me about him. Second chance as well. The first touch puts it in front of him. Yeah. So he's got that chance. You know, it doesn't get stuck under his feet. It isn't behind him. It doesn't go off to the side. But then, Sai, now you're back. Would you agree that that second one he really should have scored? Um, second one in the first half. Yes, the well, from the second one. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's it's at the time it looked like Butland had just closed them down really well, and we thought fair enough. He's he's not had that much time to think, but seeing the replays back, it's, it's there's a lot of the goal to aim for there where it is a goal. Like even if he just kicks it in a straight line, straight into the corner. Or just just get get past. You've got I think you had Richie on his left or Marino on his left and Richie on his right. You had two players as well. Yeah. That you could have slid the ball to. But to be fair, any any striker is going to try and score there. But yeah, that's it's a, it's that's a worse miss than the first one. Yeah, and then Ben back to you for the third. It's it's a bit harsh, isn't it? Kind of. Was this the one in the second half? Yes. Yeah, the one in the second half. <laughs> uh, right at the start of the second, I've got to give Atsu a lot of credit again. We're turning the ball over in midfield. Um, and Atsu runs and what a pass to me the first touch is brilliant again yeah. because he, he surely expected Kevin Wimmer to head the fucking ball there like mm-hmm. instead thanks Kevin yeah. it's, it's, it's one of the best first touches I've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> he, puts, he puts it into like the perfect place it's yeah. like two yards in front of him he can run onto it and smash it anywhere he wants but he's I think he's got too excited with his own first touch and try to smash it as hard as he can after missing the first two tracks. it's kind of what you do isn't it you get frustrated and you just want to you just want to score but uh, they got progressively worse because that one was because he'd made it so easy for himself. The the miss looks worse when really it was a tough chance to create because the mm-hmm. balls come over and he's at, at some pace and he's he's put it into his own his own path. But yeah, oh, definitely. I think it's, it's the type of chance like <laughs> there's not many strikers in this league could have created that chance. I think his first touch, as you say, was out of this world. It was brilliant. Um, and it was just one of those things. I think he probably had a bit too much time in it and that he. He didn't know whether to try and place it or whether to just put his foot through it, yeah. and he's kind of got caught between the two, and he's ended up sort of <laughs> side footing, like trying to place it, place it with pace over the bar or sort of wide or whatever. But I think you'd, again, it's one of those ways. He's he's already scored a couple of goals for us. He probably could have had two or three really a day on a, on and uh, with a bit more luck. Um, but the fact it's the fact that he's getting these chances and, and he's he's sort of creating them himself. It's really encouraging. Um, so long may that continue. If if this is now how we're going to play, which we are, it is. It's not an if, I suppose. If you know we're relying on the big man up front, particularly someone like him who brings his teammates into play so well, who leads the line, who wins headers and stuff like that. Don't laugh, but <laughs> Mitrovic um, <laughs> is is he is he now because of the way we're playing? Ignoring who's a better player between him and Gabriel, who's a better goal scorer. Is Mitrovic, do you think, when when not ridiculously suspended, definitely the second choice purely because of the type of player he is? That was um, Marcus, Marcus Shearer with that question. And, and also, also he makes the point that more and more teams seem to play like that. Yeah. Bar Man City with Aguero, a lot of teams have gone back to the big man up front. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely disagree. <laughs> um, I, t- I, I understand the point. I understand you're right about that. That's how football, a lot of teams play with one up front now. You need it to be the big lad. You need it to be... A player who can can hold up the ball and find his teammates. Mitrovic isn't that player at all. <laughs> he's not that big. First of all, 
he's not very good in the air. He never if he does win it, it doesn't go to any he, of his teammates. You know what? That's the thing. He, he is all right in the air. Just doesn't jump. Yeah. Like but, when he's asked, when he does it, he's all right. He's but. got this reputation for holding up the ball really well. He doesn't hold up the ball really well. He does some things really well. He does harry defenders, and he he can he can play little link up one twos and stuff. But he's I, 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 he's not the 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 player that Yoslu is in terms of his ability to to pick pick the ball out of the air and find yeah. a teammate or create a chance for himself. Mitrovic can't do that. He can he can make runs into space to get chances, but Gale's better than that anyway. So. Um, no, no way is Mitrovic a second choice. Before anyone gets upset, and some people do get upset, it, this isn't just me, uh, Mitrovic bashing. That's a real question yeah. <laughs> that we're going to ask. We're just answering it. I, I totally I agree. I, I, ooh, I totally get where Marcus is coming from, and I think it's a valid point that the kind of time of the little man up front, yeah. um, or the fast pacey striker playing up front by himself in, in the modern Premier League, is um, is possibly at an end for the for a season or two. But like you say, Mitrovic, he's twenty three now. Um, he's not young. <laughs> um, you know, I think Hostler was a far more intelligent footballer. Mitrovic has probably got more natural ability, yeah. um, but he doesn't show it often enough, and he's he's suspended for a reason. But I think it's, it's a funny one because yeah, Perez has had his best three games with Hostler as yeah. a, a, ahead of him, and with Marino behind him as well. That the three linked up so well. Um, Perez doesn't play that well with Gale, and we always say if Gale's playing, we'd rather see Diarme or someone in there. Yeah. Um, but we've also said for three years that Perez and Mitrovic isn't a partnership. No. They're absolutely uh, awful together. So I'd, I would not like to see Mitrovic come in if Hostley's unavailable. To, to answer the original question as well that was put in, um, Rafa's very much uh, whoever plays best in training gets yeah. the nod. So we'll ask a question by NUFC 360. Why haven't we seen, we seen Aaron's? Because um, I was at that cup game against Forest and... I would have I would have put Aaron straight in the first team after yeah. that. He was he was that good, and I'm I'm not I don't want to um, guess here, but you just got to presume. I, I, when I say training better, I don't necessarily mean effort. I just mean performing in in the games or whatever. And he obviously preferred Murphy ahead of Aaron's for Swansea, and Aaron's wasn't on the bench again yesterday. And that's just the beauty of competition for places. And yeah. you know, Shelby Lejeune, Aaron's are all three players that if if they started next week at Brighton, I'll be absolutely delighted. That that's the great thing about having um, a squad in competition for places. It's uh, it's dead weird for for any Castle fan um, to to be so positive. And we're saying uh, Mankio as well did nothing wrong this season at all. Nothing can find himself very, feel very unfortunate to be uh, to be left out the side. So I mean, really positive things all round. Ben, I'll come to you because I was pissed when I was writing my match report for True Faith. <laughs> Um, I thought that the Atsu penalty chance was uh, I will have to go through the Stoke goal in a minute but I thought the Atsu penalty chance was at 2-1 but it was at 1-1 you've now had a chance to see it again are you still scree- screaming with fury like we were in the Gallagher then? it's just a joke <laughs> <laughs> the ref's just I, I, like there's no he's not seeing that potential touch <laughs> um, off the defender so he's just completely just fucked with why do you think the linesman doesn't give it? because he's a prick <laughs> and they've got an agenda against him <laughs> it's there's no other reason. It's just a play, like any other team gets our penalty. Yeah, and it's just I I don't I don't have an answer. I don't know why they didn't give it because they're fucking corrupt. <laughs> Sorry. Would you like to try and add some balance to that one? Can you think? Can you try and give us a reason why you think? Or do you think it was a pen first of all? And if it what? was, why didn't the ref give it? I I think it's a mistake. I think he's it's it's it is a penalty. Um, I I don't know if he's decided to to punish Atsu for not just. Shooting earlier because he probably should have shot earlier, but that's not the point. 
It's a frustrating one quickly because it's not Paris's fault because he got the ball to him, but it was so frustrating because Atu was in so much space. Yeah. Paris just took a little bit of time to get the ball under control. If he'd been able to knock it out of his, his feet to Atu yeah. one or two seconds earlier, would have there would have so been, been no yeah. catching. Yeah. And to, to, to give Atu some credit, Kurt Zuma is rapid. Yeah, and he's caught him, which is why Atu should have offloaded the shot earlier. But he's caught him. He definitely hasn't got the other side of him. He's still... He's, he's only got to the ball if he has it all by going through the back of Atu. He's definitely at least gone through his, his right leg. So I'm not sure what the referee's saying. I don't know if he's looked across his linesman and his linesman's bottled it, but between them, to not to not give a decision there and just go, oh, we'll just leave it, especially at 1-1 when, when it could have it could have made all the difference. Yeah, it was a real frustrating one. Haven't seen it again. I think Sturmer gets a slight touch on the ball, which doesn't change the... Uh, direction or even the speed the ball's moving at yeah. and then just trips up Atsu and it's a definite penalty and uh, we're, we're lucky that it hasn't cost us because that would have been another one another another massive refereeing decision that's gone against us and you know no, no one's really talking about it this morning because we won the game but we'll have to go back quickly so I'll start with you Newcastle conceded a goal out of absolutely nothing yeah. um, it was all Newcastle I think it was about the 59th minute so we'd had we'd got through 15 minutes after half time only Castle, how on earth did we let Stoke back into that game? Well, we talked about it at half time, didn't we? Where it's like, I think we're going to live to regret these chances we've missed. At 1 0, we're just we're nervous. And then we came out second half and created another couple of chances. Like, ah, oh, we're going we're gonna to walk this. And then out of nowhere, Shakiri's just like jogging around the entirety of our box. <laughs> like, he just seemed to be running around for ages. And he's just offloaded a, a naff. Like, not, not, I wouldn't say he scuffed well, it. It wasn't naff, it was a good, the, it was the, a good shot. He's, he's pinged it and. It's just, I don't know, it just looked so soft. I mean, the defenders haven't closed them down very well. I think, is it Atu who should... Atu should do better. He's on him. him. But also, Marino and Hayden, if one of them's got to put a tackle in there. Yeah. They're, they're, they're standing with their, their defenders. and I, I felt the whole team was too deep yeah. in that position. What a, what a backline. Maybe maybe that's why Rob Elliott's not seen it very well, because I don't I don't want to get negative about about another great result, but I thought Rob Elliott, he's got, he's, he should be saving that. The, the ball isn't the ball isn't in the corner. It's about a yard, a yard and a half away from the post. Like I can only assume that he hasn't seen it to to have to have left it so late to dive and and let it through. But it's it's a similar one to the Huddersfield goal that we conceded. I agree with you, Dodzy, that the, the centre mids were a bit too deep, and it gives the opposition the the opportunity to to sort of manoeuvre the ball to, to get a bit of space to get that type of shot in. Um, it wasn't a great shot in the end in terms of the placement. I, I think Elliot should be saving it. Um, if he goes with two hands, he saves it. And it wasn't like it was he was having to stretch that far for it at his side. So that that was a bit disappointing. But um, again, I think when they're picking from from the midfield, I, I think you can only do so much. But if if you were going to criticise, I think you I would agree with you that one of Hayden or Marino have got to be. Out yeah, I, I, I they've, got, they've got to try and block it. There's, there's, I think in Atsu's defence, yeah, he's been done by the like Shakiri's a good player. Like he's, he's also got, he's got that quick first step and he, he makes that he, he makes that space and I don't think you can. The play frustrating thing for me for that. is that Shakiri's all left foot yeah. and allowing him to come in like that. Um, you know, Atsu and in the Gallagher, we could see exactly what was going to happen. Yeah, so it was more frustrating in that sense. I think this is a readjusting the Premier League because in the, in the Championship we were letting people just have shots yeah, from outside yeah. the box all the time it wasn't a threat yeah. you got to remember that in the Premier League that there's good players like Shakiri who who will punish you for, for a little mistake like that and that is a mistake Rafa keeps saying that, you know the only way we're going to con- should be conceding goals is, Great game this, is right. you, you should only be conceding good goals it's like if you make mistakes then you, you get punished and we did 
that was some mistakes. People didn't do their jobs properly for for a split second. But M- Michael Howe says, um, he's out. Michael Howe nine says, after giving him a little stick on the podcast, understatement. How do you feel? Elliot did. Thought he was excellent yesterday. I didn't think he was excellent. I thought he made a really good save at one one from the corner. It probably it it, pro- it pro- you know it looks unreal live from yeah. the other end of the pitch. When I've seen the replay again, it's still a really good save, but it's it's yeah. it's pretty close to him. He's, he's, he's played a seven out of ten, dogger. He's, well, he saved a shot. He six out of ten for me. I thought he should. I thought he should have saved the shot. I don't, I don't think it's just his fault. His, his like we've talked about. I think his error is equal to the error of his yeah, teammates. Yeah. But it wasn't just but him, but watching it live. Everyone round us watching it live. Yeah. Everyone thought he should have done better. Yeah. I've seen a replay. It looks like he's going to get there. But you know what? We're one. It's not the end of the world. He makes a really good save at one one, which is crucial. He didn't really have any other saves to make. I think he, yeah. there was one by their centre forward who, at one nil, which was you know was hit really hard, but it was a save. Yeah. What was probably better about Elite Yes? It was was his kicking was all right. Like I can't remember any issues with his kicking. So yeah. you know, well, so well done for that. He, he probably could have saved the goal, but equally he's made one other good save, <laughs> which again, if he'd let that in, we would be fuming with him. But I think people need to stop jumping on the kind of a, a player that we've been critical of. That as soon as I have one good game, it's like Mitrovic, like. He plays twenty games without scoring, and then he, and then he scores one. He scores like, one. Oh, all, he's going to eat yeah. words and a lot. Our mentions after West Ham were hilarious. Like after Mitrovic got the third goal out of three, and then got himself banned for three games. Yeah. Like humble pie lads. It's, it's, uh, not, it's not a one player doing his job for one game in twenty. Isn't like the same with Rolly. I'm not saying he has had twenty bad games, but he's doing his job as a goalkeeper about as well as he can, which isn't still that good. Which is why Rafa wanted to buy a keeper. You know, like well, we're not going to get carried away when he when he makes one save. Yeah, but you know, good save, fair play to him. Yeah. Um, we do give him a lot of sticks, so we should give him credit for that save. It's really important in a really important time of the game. I think we scored like three minutes left, three yeah. minutes after. Oh yeah. So onto that, onto captain Jamal started the um, season out of the team. Um, we've got people asking us on social media if I could find it. Uh, you know, um, at Andy Cross fourteen, should Jamal be in the England squad? You only get questions like that when someone's doing unbelievably well. Yeah. So, Ben, Jamal, for you, is he... Because goals for defenders are class and welcome, but they're probably not what they should be, Yeah. you know... Why they should be getting... Yeah, why they should be getting a game. So, so do, you, do you think a pop but the goals aside, which are class... Um, thanks, Zonal Morgan. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you think Do you think he's having a... Do you think this is a kind of reinvention um, of him as a Premier League centre back because I think was it you, possibly you had a lot of doubts yeah it was me I said at the start of the season I thought he would be probably the player to struggle the most um, just in terms of I think the pressures that he's got into from, from inside the club in terms of the other players available I, I would say he's probably the weakest out of the four um, but he's he's proven me wrong at the minute I think he's played brilliantly Um He's, he's he's still not perfect. I mean, he he made a couple who of mistakes. Who is Ben? Who is? Well, <laughs> well a, there's a young Spaniard who we might come on <laughs> yeah, in a second. Yeah. I'm gonna say, but um, there's a there's a couple. Not of, Perez. He's <laughs> not young, but um, <laughs> nah, I think he's you've you've got to give him credit. Like he's he's a, it seems to be that he he prefers the Premier League to the Championship. I mean, you 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 think he he ups his game for the the bigger games and he's. He's playing really well. He's he's commanding. He's obviously you can tell he's he's just a natural leader of the team, um, and all the players really like him. You can see when he scored these goals, everyone's going like sort of getting involved, and he's obviously a popular player in the dressing room. So, um, more obviously, I think I think he can only get better. Um, but so far, he's he's been really solid, and I don't think you could really uh, have too many um, sort of 
criticism of him. I think in an England call up, there's there's not too many sort of to to look at really. Is if you look at the England um, potentials, I mean, Chris Smalling and Phil Jones getting a, a look in every every opportunity. The the shite. <laughs> I'd I'd have Jamal ahead of them too. You know, size rumor of a new five year deal, which is probably deserved because he was brought in. 20, 2015 when he was loaned straight back out so he's probably not on a huge wage yeah. uh, in comparison to some of his his teammates so first of all do you back that and Artino's fair coat asked with Jamal Close to sign a new five year deal do you think he's asked Rafa for um, assurances of his future Rafa said Liverpool players did that with him when they signed new contracts or do you think he's just happy to be here whatever playing or otherwise listening to him speak um, he was on he was on uh, what do you call it football focus or whatever the, the BBC thing is lunchtime they did a big interview with him he speaks really well he sounds really mature I don't think he would uh, I think he's quite quite sure of himself so I don't think he's worried about his, his future I don't think he'd be needing assurances on that front I think he's willing to fight for his place he seems to have a good standing in the dressing room I, I think he just backs himself I think um, that's that's just to pick up on that point quickly so I think that's the key thing is that he's He's not worried about. He's not like a prima donna where he's, he's wanting assurances. I think yeah. he gets that you, you get there on merit, and nobody should be guaranteed a spot. I mean, look at Shelby. Everyone would have said Shelby will be our most important player. Got to play every game. Well, I'm sorry, mate, but in, like if you're going to go and get yourself sent off, yeah. you're potentially yeah. going to be out the team. And 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 I think I completely back Rafa's decision with yeah. that. So Same likewise with the defenders, are. we've got four quality defenders now. Yeah. Obviously, in Ben was having to play left back at the minute, but. There's, there's no reason why any of those four couldn't start and I think you, you right. play the best one and, and that's why I think that's only going to make LaSalle better because I feel like his character is he, he ups his game when he's challenged and when it's the, the top level he's, he's playing better in the Premier League Absolutely. and he's got players to push him Dog has called it competition it's, it's bringing the best out of the players that we thought maybe weren't good enough um, I also feel like I called it pre-season with LaSalle when I said he'll be much better in this league because he comes onto the ball. Yeah. So if you look at match of the day, did a little highlights package on him and it's all clearances, headers, things when he has got no thinking, yeah, just see ball, kick ball, out yeah. of play, further up the pitch, not in the championship when you're saying he prefers it. I don't think there was a single moment yesterday where we had that, I think it was once and he actually did quite well. You know in the championship where he'd be on the ball, the opposition would step off him. Well, we don't really have possession yeah. at the back very yeah. much anymore. So there isn't that um, reliance on him or the other centre backs to, you know, go forwards and, and and create chances, and he can just get back to the absolute bread and butter of defending, and he's and he's good at it. Um, you know, one one minor criticism, and it's not just him. When Crouch came on, he dominated him. Yeah, yeah. he'll he'll do that, Peter Crouch. It's literally what he's what he's made a career <laughs> out of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I felt we didn't really handle that very well, and I thought you know, particularly since Rafa's managed Crouch, I thought we would have had a better plan for that whereas we just kind of see me going go on Jamal you sort of like Kieran Clark's buzzing <laughs> that he's an inch smaller than Jamal because he's like you you take crouchy big lad um, but yeah the, the chance at the end for I can't pronounce Chubo oh, yeah for that kid um, that was just a crouch knockdown and we didn't control the header we didn't stop the cross we also didn't seem to predict what was going to happen next and I remember when Glenn Roder actually when Kevin Davis came um, playing for Bolton under Sam Aldice like years ago now and like Kevin Day like was the golden patch of Kevin Davies' career yeah. and what, what Newcastle did they didn't even contest the headers with him they put someone on him but they said let him win the ball we'll yeah. win the second one deal with, deal with what happens yeah. next but we didn't seem to do that but never mind we've still won and we've still got a lot to get through so we will move on I've got some questions here Um, so I mean, we may as well pick up on Mikel Marino again I've got you know at um, Paul T. Waggett 
Uh, on a scale of one to Miguel Marino, say, how good is Miguel Marino? A hundred. <laughs> Four? No, he's, he's, he's... Do you think one... he stood out yesterday? Did he stand out? Did he have as good a game as people are saying? Uh, yes. Okay. I think he did. I, I think he looked exactly as he has done the last three games, which has been untouchable. He, he stands out ability-wise, so all, all the, like kind of what's happened in the transfer window is that it was about getting quality players and getting Premier League quality players because I think we were worried we were a bit short in that department we've got loads of really good young prospects we've got lots of fight we've got lots of good attitudes but we weren't sure if we had enough real quality like you know international footballer quality which you need you need you need some good players to, to compete in the Premier League he's definitely one of them he's fucking mint he's class on the ball he's, he's, he's so composed like so if he's got a player on his face when he when he receives it, he turns him and, and does him. He doesn't just he doesn't just do a callback. Uh, I hate to be harsh on callback, but <laughs> he used to just ping the ball away. He doesn't do a nicky butt. Just quickly offload the ball, and if no one's on the end of it, it's their fault. Like Marino will make sure he gives himself time to find a part. He's just so good, man. Um, he's 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 another potential. Like him and Atu, we're gonna if we sign Marino at the end of the season, we'll have spent fifteen million on the two of them. Outrageous. Yeah, uh, ludicrous value in this this day of the transfer market. I mean, generally on the team, uh, at Lee, you know, Lee Johnson, at Lee 18 underscore 92 Johnson says, on a scale of 1 to 100, there's a lot of scales being put our way. <laughs> How mint are we, Ben? And he uses the hashtag, everyone hates us, it's mint. A thousand. Or a thousand, yeah. So, Marino. So, well, Marino, yeah, it's probably the best. We'll stick with the Marino scale from now on. <laughs> All like measurements should be done in Marino. Like, <laughs> how far is it at Brighton next week? Marino, fucking like dead far. I'll, I'll be going driving. Um, right. I suppose the the end of the game after Lascelles goal. Um, oh, cheers, Brighton ticket. Thanks, I. I don't know who it's for, but we'll work that out afterwards. Um, we're we were very good yesterday. I thought we're well well worthy winners. It's important to, as Rafa says, keep your feet on the ground, even though we're pushing the theory we in the league. Um, we could have lost that game. That's yeah. the weird thing about it, and that's the weird thing that I suppose compared to the 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 dirt. You know, when we used to win under Pardew, unless it was against a big team, um, when we particularly Carver McLaren, it, we, you know, we beat Norwich six two, and like we we seem to hammer teams. It's I find it strange being involved in games that even though we're far superior, yeah. we still could have lost. Is that because we're not ruthless enough, or is that just the Premier League? Bit of both. Um... We, I, I wouldn't say we went ruthless enough. I thought we were just unlucky not to put away more chances. We, we created enough to, Should've had a pen. to put that to bed. Should have had a pen, so the rest fucked with. Um, so in that sense, I don't think it was about being ruthless. I think we do need to maybe be a bit better at putting a game away when we were so dominant in the first half. Because I agree, I mean, could have, we could have lost Swansea. West Ham at 0-0, and even at 1-0, they had chances. Uh, I disagree with West Ham. I thought we were always going to win that game after the first goal. Yeah, but but equally, right, anyway. if you talk the Huddersfield game, we could we could rest them. Yeah, yeah. Spurs, if we kept. Well, well, we've got a question here, Sai, saying um, if Shelby, if Shelby hadn't been sent off against Spurs, would be top of the league and won all the games. <laughs> is that a question? Yeah, like, I. <laughs> um, so I, it's going to be it's, it's one of, it's like it's going to be one of those what ifs, isn't it? What if because yeah. we're doing so well against them. So so to answer the original question, yes, I think. I think we're maybe. What was the original question? The, the original question was essentially, um, is it 
because because we cut a lot. You know, if if they go to one yeah. one, they score. Or it doesn't pull the save off, or, or don't score the goal, it, it, and they it, nick it. They, like it shouldn't detract from the performance because the yeah. performance was still at the necessary standard. But should we be doing more potentially to put these games to bed? No, I don't think we could have done any more yesterday. I thought we played well enough to win the game, and I think, as he said, it's a, it's the Premier League. Every team we come up against, whether they're in bad form or good form, they've still got good players. They've still yeah. got quality. Got good you know, keepers. If you if you yeah. fall asleep for two minutes, you'll 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 get punished. So. We didn't and have to win the game. That, we won it. I thought I thought Yedlin had a good game. I like I thought Mankia was unlucky to be dropped, but I like Yedlin. I'd always think Yedlin is our first choice right back. Yeah. But that underhead pass to Matt Ritchie in the ninety third minute was a disgrace. Kind of killed her. Yeah. And absolutely. that it was like Leeds at home esque the negligence of yeah. that letting them. And I think it was you've got ahead of that one just wide in the yeah. in, and it would have been so unlucky. But it wouldn't have been unlucky because, yeah. like you say, there are good players in the Premier League, and that one turnover of possession like that when there was no pressure there was yeah. no pressure he i hope he must, i'm sure he knows because he's he's a bright lad and he's a footballer but he's got to do better than Raff, that Raff will have that video in front of him and say look look deandre like yeah you need to not ever do that again like, <laughs> for fuck's sake ben we've got some general questions here um e of two in class oh, well uh, that's probably going to be the answer. marino or work class of the answers um <laughs> E old tune fan hashtag twenty four. Realistically, if we have an injury free season, where do you think we could finish? Top. Top? Um <laughs> realistically. Um, Second. Having looked at um Man City teams, look good. Um at stages, but I think we've got goals against them. Um nah, I think realistically, like the way we've we've played and I, th- I think what you you find in the Premier League is is everyone's well drilled, everyone defends really well. Apart from West Ham, <laughs> and what my point is is apart yeah, from the two Ham teams that have come up, yeah. So Brighton look shit, West Ham rubbish. But generally, like teams stay stick around in the Premier League because they can defend. Um, we look like we can do that, so I'm really confident that we're at least on a similar level to the likes of um, your Stokes, your West Broms, teams like that. And I think we've got more goals than we. So I don't see. I do, I think realistically we've got a good shot of top half. You know, um, Gary, Ho- Gary Hopkins asked the question, outside the top six, the so-called top six, do you think our squad is on par with the rest of the teams in terms of quality and depth? I probably, it's a hard one because you'd say, you'd say yes because the, the competition for places and there does seem to be loads of depth. But I, w- I would disagree just because I think, so while Hossaloo's there, brilliant, but we've, we've already mentioned it with Mitro um, and Gale, like I think there's a bit of a drop off from them too in terms of the way we're playing at the minute. Hostelu is so important to it. Uh, we don't have a number ten other than I mean Perez is playing Perez, really well. So, great, but again, in terms of in terms of the squad, if after Perez there's nobody, um, so I would say squad wise, I still think we're very light, and I wouldn't want to say that we've we've got necessarily a better squad than some other teams because I think we were a few potentially a few important players away from. Be struggling, but having said that, I, I, we're still going to be solid. No matter defensive wise, I think we, we look really solid. So we're always going to be tough to 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 play. We're always going to be tough to beat. It's just um, if attacking wise, we, we sort of lost one or two key players that could have a big impact. But I, I think we've I, I think we've we've definitely got a squad capable of, of pulling off top half. Yeah. Um, you look at someone like Everton. I think Everton are a really interesting one. They've just <laughs> got to hide in the week off um, Atlanta. Um, 
they've spent a lot of money and they're taking time to gel. 138 million quid. Now we've got a squad that's been playing together for most of the year, well, most of last season. Now there's a few players obviously that we've added in who've provided a bit of class and a bit of quality. <laughs> but generally that, that, that team that's starting, so yesterday, they, they were all there last season pretty much other than Hosselu and, uh, and Marino. But um, we've got the advantage that the players all know, know each other a bit better, they're, they're more drilled. And I think that's where Rafa's sort of the, the brilliance of, of what he's done is he's, he's he's kept everyone involved so with his quad rotation all the players know what they need to do even the ones that maybe weren't playing every week last year uh, last season are, are part, feel part of the team and that's that's key um, and I think as well we've, we've just got we, we look like we're, we're going to be a tough tough team to beat which we've not had for years so I'm rambling now you yeah. are that was to, quite the ramble to, to, to sum up what Ben is trying to say <laughs> is, Rafa Benitez as Newcastle squad is, is definitely definitely because of him greater than the sum of its parts on yeah, paper that's a great point. on paper there's a lot of better teams than us I think there's teams with much better players or you'd thought you'd have thought at the start of the season much better players but I think Ben the most important thing he said there was the ability to defend I don't think there's that many teams in this league that can defend Liverpool have conceded 9 goals this season Leicester have conceded nine goals this season. Watford, Arsenal, done some research. <laughs> uh, looking at the looking at the table now, we've conceded four goals. Um, four goals in five games. Yeah, that's class. Man U and Man City at the top. Obviously, they've conceded two each. But yeah, everyone else is conceding goals. I don't think there's that many many teams that can defend. It's so. it's, it's Leicester. Look, he Rafa said it before. Look how Leicester did. Yeah, and we we we've sort of we're better than Leicester, and we're better than the team that won the the, the <laughs> Premier League. So who knows where we'll end up? But um, to- on a totally unrelated uh, note, because because we're going around the houses here, um, <laughs> Tom Young said, "If Ma- if Mikel Arena is really the second coming, should we start bottling his sweat?" <laughs> yeah, Arena. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Marina. And finally, Chris Shipman. At Chris Shipman, <laughs> may call back drink loads of it. <laughs> Have some of that. What is it? Don't you worry. It'll make you play better. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on our FA Cup chances and getting carried away hypothetically? What would you prefer, a top six finish or a cup final? Cup final, obviously. Yeah. Because we're winning games in the cup and going away from home and winning. And if we win a tops, I don't give a shit about the top six. Like I want to finish as high as possible. But you wouldn't remember in 20 years' time will not be like, remember when we finished six? You, you say that, but I remember when we finished fifth. I do. But, memory. Yeah. But I, I could like, agree. I'm, 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 uh, I'd much rather get to a cup final. Anyone if we, that if knows we could me. win a trophy, we wouldn't, would never lose Rafa because Rafa would be hooked for life on Newcastle if you won a trophy and saw oh, what that meant. Wow. <laughs> Awesome. Um, I, I really want to sing the song Going down We'll win the cup <laughs> To the Magrams Because they're going down again And if we win a cup Like I'd be too but much I put a tweet out last week um, On the True Faith account At, at TFNUFC fanzine And it was like You know Because some the, A lot of some of their fans Like define themselves by We're not like the Mags It's why they let Ella Short Take the piss out of them so much Yeah Because um, they couldn't <laughs> protest Like the Mags but also other things the Mags do, win games, go to matches and generally on shit. Some of the replies to that from Sunderland fans were cringeworthy. It's like, th- things that Sunderland fans don't do that the Mags do, go to Wembley. And it's just like, well, you'll hit, you'll hit to see uh, you're, you're, uh, where, where we're playing Spurs <laughs> later on this season. It's just like, I well done, he's got a cup final and got beat. He's also getting relegated from, from the championship, yeah. which, by the way, was supposed to be a piss-easy league. Uh, I heard many Sunderland fans say last season, but never mind them. Grayson, Grayson knows that league as he well. Does, he does. To, to be fair to Grayson, he, he knows League One too. So it's, <laughs> yeah. they'll be in really good shape. I couldn't pick a better man for the job. Um, <laughs> right. Just quickly, want to give a bit of a shout out to Iose Perez, Sai, because he's, he's had his doubters, which include us three sat here. But I think now he's made, he's 
I wouldn't say he's made it his own, but we'll be very surprised if he doesn't start the next game. And I believe, apart from Kieran Clark and Rob Elliott, he's the only only player to start every game. Yeah. He's he's the longest Matt seven, Ritchie too. He's the longest seven player on that team now, isn't he? I was surprised, yeah. yeah but apart, you know, from, apart from Paul Demet. No, no, um Elliot is. Robert is the longest seven player. Really? Yeah. Definitely. First. Um ah, he, he's 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 been a totally different player the last three games and I put that no doubt down to the two lads. I think I said the exact same thing the last uh, post match. It was Hosselu in front of him and Marino behind him. The Spanish connection. We've had it before when we had uh, Enrique and, and Jonas. Mm. If you've got players who, even though one was Argentine, Argentine, but yeah, go yeah, on. Yeah, but the Spanish <laughs> Spanish speaking. Well, make a broader. Um, <laughs> I think uh, Shelby knows a couple of words of Spanish <laughs> as well. So, There's the, but there is clearly some understanding there that they're all they're all working really well together. They're finding passes, and I think that that understanding and clearly there's a, a some good communication. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I feel sorry for Modiame, who's. who's <laughs> He's probably never going to get a game now. He keeps keeps getting uh, little snippets, but um, we 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 thought at the start of the season that he was a better option out of the two of them. Yeah. And based on last day, even though he didn't didn't set the world alight, he's just he was more more suited to that number ten role. But Perez is, is finally finally coming good in it, and that's in part down to Rafa's coaching clearly. But he's finally got the players around him that kind of help him help bring that the best out of him because Hossley winning the ball and and actually having given Perez something to, to feed off, which he doesn't always get from Gale Gale's a very much if he gets a ball he's going to turn around and make a chance very quickly which meant Perez was left isolated and often didn't do much at all with Hoslu and it's the the holding up of the ball and watching Atsu and Richie bomb on either side he's always got passes on and it just it brings Perez into the game how come he's a lot of rambling I'm not <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah Perez to me I was his biggest, biggest critic last season I think he's without the goals this season because he, he did get some goals last season eventually He's been excellent, and he really, he, he just, I think he finally gets his role. Yeah. It's taken a while, um, but he, he's there to, you know, like I said earlier in the show, the two turnovers of possession that he created against West Ham and against Stoke for two vital first goals in games, you know, not as good as a goal, but getting there because it's it was so dangerous. Pro- in those situations, and he's he's so good at it. He's been properly coached. It's taken Rafa a year to, to get the McLaren out of him, and, 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 <laughs> and make the Carver. Him, make him, <laughs> you might never get the Carver out of him, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and make him into a footballer again. I think that just about does it for today. Um, thanks very much for your time, lads. Absolutely buzzing here. I was so happy last night. You know, just yeah. so happy, just walking out that ground. I really quickly want to give a massive shout out to the the, the atmosphere because I thought the crowd was brilliant. That's two games in a row now we've done it. The response to the Stoke goal was excellent from the crowd. Yeah. Block V, if if you're not in Block V, why aren't you? It's absolutely class. You know, many of you who've listened to podcasts for a while must have sat and or stood or however you listen to the show, listen to us moan about the atmosphere and the people around were last season. All the people around with this year are absolutely class. I, I love them. Um, good home games, not just because of Rafa and because of the team, are a pleasure. Um, and it seems to be growing as well. So. I think that atmosphere yesterday was probably the best home atmosphere in the Premier League, yeah. um, if if not the country. You know, yeah. uh, uh, kind of a, a bold statement, but you know what? We've won three games in a row. We can say whatever we want. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back later on this week, probably Wednesday, with a Brighton fan preview. So have a listen to that, and then myself, Bolland, and Norman will be down in Brighton uh, this time next week, um, four o'clock kickoff. Driving back after the game, not looking forward to that, but looking forward to the game. Um, so we might do a match day podcast. We'll see what the crack is, but we'll definitely have the longer podcast out for you next Monday. Um, 
thanks to everybody who retweets the show and um, leaves reviews on iTunes. Much appreciated. And uh, what a time to be a Newcastle fan. Speak to you soon. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.